What's up, bitches? I'm Gaia. And I'm Nita. And I'm Adeline. And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them. We're just a couple of artsy bitches talk- learning and talking about what makes art good and what makes art bad and what makes art neither of those things and how to talk about it. Do do do. Amazing. I, I'm back. Gaia's back. Gaia Mellon has returned to us. It's been so long. After Gaia many long years. From the farm. But do not worry, because Gaia will be on more farms. Yeah, don't worry, everyone. Even though I left the farm back to the depression pit, I am going to a new farm eventually. By eventually, I mean very soon. Does the bingo card say farm in Maine? I think it just says No, farm. I think it just so says farm. I think it just says farm, so I Great. think we'll be fine. So we're in and I'll clear. be at a farm in Maine again by April, so don't worry. It's literally all going to be okay. I'm re-entering the state of For Maine. my birthday, I'll be in New York and I can come to you on the farm. Wig. And you can have a me farm, farm birthday. That's birthday. sexy. Birthday. Ew, I'll be birthday. 23. Ew, you're old. I don't know about you, I'm so old. but I'm feeling 23. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Gaia's back. We're back with Adeline. This is our regularly scheduled. This was supposed to be in October. It is December. <laughs> Uh, no, that it's, is it's, fine. It, it, oh yeah, it's December first. We're recording it's on December second. Fuck me. Today. Is it December? Oh my god, it's it is. already December second. I need to start um, my new bullet journal layout before it's too late. We're valid because Halloween lasts all year. Halloween is all year. Halloween is a holiday for the gays, and we own it, and it lasts all year. Yes, and also, time isn't real. Fast. Yeah. So we can have Halloween whenever we want. Yeah. Um. Let's get into some snacks. Let's get into it. Let's just get into it. Nita, what are you snacking on? I, okay, hold on. I wrote it down. Um, you wrote it down? Yeah, I wrote it down because I have a few I have a few things. Okay. Elliot Page Legend. fucking came out. Legend. And their pronouns yeah. are he and they. And that, like, has made me the happiest i've been um since we wrapped my film and i like it what what is so exciting to me one how they handled it like the the statement they wrote was literally beautiful and then also phoebe bridgers and phoebe phoebe waller bridge are doing a music video together oh um, i did used to yeah. think they were the same person for yeah, a while well what? the savior complex music video which also just shows me that celebrities know we talk about them in the ways we talk about them all the time, which, like, makes me kind of stressed out. But also, like, they know we get them mixed up, and they knew they knew that we would freak out. Um, but I literally cannot wait for this, like, Fleabag-esque Phoebe Bridgers music video. Um, my Spotify wrapped called me a depressed bitch because my most listened to artist was Phoebe Bridgers. Um, and that's great amazing those are my snacks Gaia what are you snacking on okay I watched a YouTube video essay about Sofia Coppola 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 I don't Coppola Sofia Coppola and then it made me want to watch the virgin suicides which I had never seen which I then watched last night um that's not a movie you should watch when you're already sad it is not a movie you should watch when you're already sad um for our listeners who are sad don't watch this movie also, don't listen to Phoebe Bridgers unless you want to get more sad. Also, don't listen to Phoebe <laughs> Bridgers. Don't listen to Phoebe Bridgers. Sad. Don't listen to If We Make It Through December. Stop. Um, Stop. That whole... Uh, I talked don't about Don't listen to it. It was so good. Don't listen to it. Anyway, so you know how last year... You you all don't, but I'm going to tell you about it. How last year I read A Little Life in December when I was yes. like re-entering Colorado yes, and feeling this. sad from re-entering Colorado. 
Mm-hmm. And and A Little Life is the kind of book you should never read when you're sad. No. Um, because it'll fuck up your whole year. It fucked up my whole year. And then... <laughs> Gaia reading I... A Little Life last December is what caused coronavirus. Oh my god, Gaia. <laughs> no, wow. it is. And, Anthony, and Anthony from like... Queer Eye has that book on like his recommended list, which is how I heard of A Little A Life. A lot of gay people be reading that book. Yeah. Gay true. people be like reading that book, but like, is it worth it? I, I honestly, and we, Nita, you you should read it, or maybe you shouldn't read it, because I never recommend that book to anyone for any reason. Uh, I would love to review it. Um, but me reading A Little Life caused coronavirus <laughs> and caused Joe Biden to be the nominee, nominee for the Democratic Party. Facts. And caused racism. <laughs> yes. And I would like to apologize for that. And in following in with this trend of me being solely responsible for all bad things in the universe, I have now watched The Virgin Suicides, uh, which it, I think is maybe a good movie, but also like... Yes. Yeah. yeah. Kirsten Dunst. Have you seen Melancholia? No. That's also very sad. Do not watch that right now. I will um, be watching it. <laughs> I can already sense but it. Sofia Coppola like writes a lot of really and directs a lot of very intense like femme work. But I I like a lot of it. She did the one that they filmed in the same house that Beyonce did the lemonade. Is it the one that is pretty recent from yeah, like 2017? Yeah, and it's like in a in a it's like old. Hold on. And it takes place in the Civil War. Yeah, yeah. And then the women, so, like, it's very good. So part of the point of the video essay I watched was about how they cut all the women of color from that movie. Yeah, oh. that was a huge thing. Oh. Um, and the original, because it's a remake, the original does have women of color in it. But also the way that, like, Sofia Coppola just kind of refuses to, like, have women of have color in women her of work. Color kind in of movie? in, like, the way Greta Gerwig also refuses to have stories about women of color. Mostly because I, I also wouldn't really trust them to write them. I just think, like, people should just cast women of color of things. Like, I think people should make movies about women of color, and I think people should cast women of color in movies that aren't about women of color. Does that make sense? Is that it allowed? It does make sense. It, it does make sense. Allowed. I do think that, like, I am, as a person of color, like, I'm craving both stories that center around, like, being a person of color and, like, how my life is informed by being a person of color. So then to, like, color, not colorblind cast, but to cast... When it's, like, not about them, I do think that sometimes I'm, like, oh, then, like, putting them in this, like, white framing or in a framing that doesn't have anything that feels like their personalities or their, like, livelihood is informed by the work is sometimes stressful for me. But then I think that's when, like, sensitivity readers come in and, and, like, that can be done. But I don't even, I don't trust, like, a Sofia Coppola or a Greta Gerwig to, like, even do that work. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. I feel like a good a good piece of media, like whatever actor you put in your script is going to inform the text. So mm-hmm. like it's not like you can ever like unpolitically cast any human body in any piece of work because if you cast a white person in it, that's politicized. And if right. you cast people of color in it, then that's politicized. For if sure. you cast a trans person or a cis person, like whatever. Like a, a good text will take whatever actor that's in it and become more become richer for that actor and in case you so guys forgot that's we why went we to should... playwrights here's a reminder <laughs> um <laughs> yeah literally this is such a playwrights conversation no, but in that right. sense we should cast people of color in everything like i hope then that the conversations that like a greta gerwig or a sofia coppola or 
like they they would they would be down to allow for those changes to be made I know that like stuff like that happens so much having just like shot a short film um there's like a lot of changes that happen like on set in the moment you're like oh fuck right do that that's actually so much better than what I was thinking and like you and your actor are like working together I hope though that like those kinds of decisions would get to like breathe like and they would have the time to 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 have those conversations um just because things on a film set just go so fast that's that's like where my fear is but I do I mean I love Greta Gerwig and I love Sofia Coppola I'm sorry those are the only white women I keep referencing they're the only white women I I can think about right now um (laughs) but but um hopefully with like those weird Oscar what is it called the the new regulations and like things that need Mm -hmm. to happen I hope that those conversations keep keep going and I hope that like they just start casting people of color and then the people of color and the actors get more agency in those rooms like I think as an industry entertainment needs to be better at being a collaborative industry right we need to pull like it's so wild to me like daniel and i talked about it too of like like the way we talk about stuff in theater is so much more like personal and and we're all bringing ourselves to the work in a way that i think on a film set they're like okay just come in like do your job and like leave and i don't think the film industry and i think that's a very like white straight male way of working um and that needs to change yep yeah and I think we need to bring a lot of those lessons. It's because, like, white white male directors, like, think of themselves as auteurs, but the concept mm-hmm. of auteur is dumb. And let's... Adeline, what are you snacking on? <laughs> Sorry, Adeline, what are you snacking <laughs> No, that's okay. <laughs> I'm snack. So, one of the things that I've been snacking on over the past week, not literally, is candles. I have discovered that candles <laughs> kind like, of can I've change up my life. Candles. Um, I have bought many new candles over the course of the weeks because I was like, when I light a candle and I'm just chilling with that natural light and that natural scent, it kind of makes me feel like I am calm and not depressed. So I have this one right here, <laughs> lavender and eucalyptus. The way I lavender off screen like, <laughs> with candle. lavender, sandalwood, eucalyptus, and cinnamon leaf. I have a few others on my desk over there, but the other one that I have here because I specifically wanted to show you is, of course, my Taurus candle. Oh, not. Is <laughs> that from the I'm fucking Instagram ads? I don't think so. I got it at Target. I saw it at Target. Oh. But <gasps> I, had a, I had a long history with this because I ordered it on the Target <laughs> app for curbside pickup. And I ordered it at this one Target that seemed to have it in stock. And then they gave me the bag and I was like, great. And then halfway home, I was like, oh my goodness, I should smell, I should take it and smell it and see what Taurus smells like. I, uh, I open the bag, I pull out the candle and what do I see but an Aquarius candle? And I was like, I have no Aquarius placements in my chart. Get this away from me. Why is this here? And I was like, did I make a mistake? And I went into my app and went to the receipts. And I was like, no, I specifically selected the Taurus candle because I have what? Seven Taurus placements in my chart. And so I went back to the Target and I was in the return line. And I was just wanting to go up and be like, hey, you guys gave me the wrong thing. Can I just get the right thing? But this dude comes up to me and he's trying to scan my receipt. And he's like, this isn't coming up. I'm like, well, I'm showing you the receipt right here. Like I bought it. I have it right here. Like, I don't know what 
to do. He's like, oh, oh, you picked that up from curbside pickup today? Yeah, we can't do any returns until 24 hours after your purchase. I was like, good lord in heaven above, I just want the right thing. You guys gave me the wrong thing, which is totally understandable. I have worked in these types of jobs before. It's very busy. You guys are like, mess ups can happen, but I would just like to get the right thing, please. And it took me like a week and then, cause then the next day was like Black Friday. So I was like, well, I can't go um, back. So I had to mm-hmm. wait until the whole Black Friday weekend was over. And then I finally got the right candle and I'm so happy. So anyways, I've been snacking on candles. I've also been snacking on the fact that um, me, Gaia, and Harris's top track on Spotify, top artists on Spotify wrapped are all the Mountain Goats. And both yes. me and Harris are in the top 5% of listeners. I'm in the 0.5% oh, okay. too. I just I didn't show you. I was in the 0.5% of listeners. I was in the, I was in the 0.5 for Phoebe, which is wild because I really only started listening to her a few months ago, like Wig. intensely. But you so that's went in. I yeah, really the went Mountain in. Goats be like, they're a little bit less of a depression band. They're a little bit like, they're either like, I feel really depressed or I feel really insane or I feel really tender. They have those yeah. three emotions. Um, and yes. I feel like those are the three emotions I experience the most. So yeah. there you go. There you have it. Did I tell you about the Kylo Ren candle I got from Target? Oh, no. It's the no. one that on TikTok, all the girls were like, all the girls and the gays were like, this candle is what I think Kylo Ren smells like. And oh it smells God. like leather and embers. And I bought it. And my friend Alyssa also bought it. And it just smells like getting held by a man but without any of the consequences of being held by a man i can i can get behind that shut like up. i despise kylo shut Ren, up actually Gaia, maybe like i nice should scent. get you one <laughs> i was literally thinking that i was like i feel like Gaia needs that right now I mean, it was very good it was very nice you just like huff, i would like huff that shit like i didn't even light it it smells so good to just like oh my god does it smell like a nice soft curly headed mountain man shut up you know, in Midsommar, when he's like, does he make you feel held? It makes yeah, me that feel line. held. Also, also, very quickly, you're talking about OTR directors and, like, Ari Aster. I think I might have said this in the Midsommar Hereditary episode, but, like, he wrote some really intense shit and everyone on set was like, bro, are you good? But he didn't act like a jerk, you know, like, about it, like, in the ways that I hear that, like, Wes Anderson can be kind of a dick and, like... Quentin Tarantino, like Ari Aster's like, no, I just wrote this and I'm going to be very calm and nice on set. So like, I think that there are some good auteur men out there. What, when I'm saying auteur, I'm like Am talking about Am I saying it wrong? How, uh, how do I say no, this? It's auteur, right? Auteur? O- auteur, auteur? Who cares? It's like auteur, but like it's the friend anyway. But like, like, I feel like the concept of auteur is like, is like the idea that like filmmaking can be in any way a self-centered process Mm -hmm. and that's just not true like you cannot make art in a self-centered way and then people want to become auteur directors which is fucked up because auteur is just like not like real like that's not how you make movies yeah so even if you have like a distinctive style that doesn't mean you're but like you're still like a good director and like you like do the right things on set like you don't like that doesn't mean you're an auteur. Like, I feel like yeah. being an auteur, even though, like, it in the film sense, it's just kind of, like, having your own, like, sense of self. Um, yeah. But it's, um, I feel like the concept of auteur is what leads to, like, abusive sets, which Quentin Tarantino is famous for. Oh, God, yeah, we'll man. do that when we talk about his, we talk <laughs> about his about fucking Quentin. movies whenever that happens. Um, but, yeah, no, like, being on a set and, like, being a director, I'm not going to say it's not the least important job 
But I really was like telling people where to go, but people were doing like Cameron was getting sound and and like my DP was amazing. And so like he was like crafting those shots with me. It was more so just like, can you create a really amazing team of people and then just like keep track of them is what is what my experience was like. That's and what then, being yeah. a director in theater is like too. Exactly. I felt like I really like made and I think Daniel kind of talked about this too, but it was like it felt very much like theater directing. Um and I don't know if that was just like a special case with like us two or like the way that like playwrights people will direct films, but like it was not like I did not feel like I was the center of anything which was good I didn't want to be I was like no I'm like just this is where we're creating this thing we're crafting this thing and like the people on my set were like very excited to come back the next day and like that was all I cared about but yeah no I don't see that or hear that from like the way we think about uh male directors anyway speaking of white men oh god speaking of me returning from the town in maine that stephen king grew up oh literally um literally what can can i actually give a roadmap first yes do the roadmap oh god i bet i'm so i've missed just riffing on these sentences yeah all right if are you new to bitch why are you not new to bitch why but you started in the past three weeks so you have no idea who i am uh our episodes are made up of four parts bitch what an introduction to what we are talking about bitch how a technical rundown of how the thing succeeds and fails as a piece of art bitch time three minutes of our unintelligent unfiltered uncritical feelings no intelligence just sad and finally bitch why a sum up of the implications and why all this matters in the bitch meter which is our little diversity score meter that we learn math just so that you could know numerically how things are doing beautiful thank you so much thank you amazing what are we talking speaking of about? how things are doing stephen king <laughs> stephen mr king. king bro he literally like defended jk rowling but but because he was like i believe trans women are women and then everyone's like hashtag i guess king and then everyone was like and then he was like but i also think y'all should stop bullying jk rowling and then everyone's like shut the fuck up um, I love how, like, rich, powerful people are like, you cannot bully us. And I'm like, do you know what, like, bullying is? Do like, know what, like, do you real... understand the concept of a power dynamic? Like, literally like, just like, go please and, like, cry just... into your money, like, for real. Have fun. I don't care. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, literally. Right. Like, a, bu- a bunch of people I saw this, like, yesterday is, like, there's, like, a, like, a paper of, like, 58 people signed a thing, like, in defense of J.K. Rowling for, like, the misogynistic abuse that she has faced from, like, coming out about her feelings, and I'm, like, shut up, like, shut the fuck up. Also, like, all those 58 people can, like, suck my dick. Anyway. Who are they? I don't know. They're all, like, weird British people. Also, the UK just rolled back um trans rights in terms of like being able to get hormones and stuff oh, cool. so that's a big fucking deal and it's, i can't you know, help I but feel that feel like, like jk rowling is a part of that yeah anyway i anyway. honestly like trans people do have too many rights <laughs> i always think about all of my rights Gaia. and i think you know who could use a rights a cis man could use my rights 
Yeah. And I will, I should, I should donate some. Yes, you You know should. who could have I more rights? Donate. Cis men. Oh my God, You Gaia. know, what if you could sell your rights like plasma? Sorry. Gaia, um, <laughs> on, so I was on Bumble yesterday oh. and this oh, no. fucking man uh, started debating with me about politics and he was like, policy is different from ideology like you can believe that we should have free health care and stuff but like it's really hard to enact in policy and we can only make like marginal improvements over time and i said fuck you well i didn't say fuck you but i like debated with him and i was like sir here's the thing though politics like ideology and and policy are things that like i'm inter i'm like affected by the intersection of and you are not like you can yeah. sit around and debate about like policy and like what you believe in and what's possible and like what's like able to be like marginally improved upon but like that directly impacts me and like the queer community and my friends and like people of color and then he went oh my goodness you're so right like i feel um so much smarter having talked to you and then he was like do you want to be on my think tank like do you want to be on my board and i was like no sir i'm working with cac like i'm doing work that's like i'm that i care about and i have much more like important things to do so I, he was like oh what's cac so i sent him the link to cac and this man donated money to cac okay, on king. giving tuesday this yeah, man literally and is the, a degradation kink he li- <laughs> honestly though like shout out to him for learning yeah. things no literally like uh philip if you're listening thanks so much sorry i just called you a white man in a really mean way um Don't but i'm sorry. glad we came to a nice middle ground or whatever um and that i made you feel smart but also i'm not gonna keep doing the emotional labor of like making you a better person all right <laughs> we're talking about stephen king's it everyone the, novel. the book that's what we're the talking novel. about the 1000 the page plus novel yes the novelization that i didn't read i'm just here for the ride (laughs) adeline's just here i've read snippets of it when i pick it up in barnes and noble and i've read snippets of the wikipedia (laughs) synopsis how is it more racist and less racist than the movie let's discuss it's time for bitch what how do i even summarize this novel how do I don't think we need to summarize it. I think the only thing that's important to note is that I think the movies are pretty faithful. No, uh, they and did Mike dirty. They did do Mike dirty. They're the movies are faithful in like how they introduced everyone in it chapter two, like the adults. But yeah. it's just like you have to sit in it for longer. Like just imagine the movies, but like you have to watch the hate crime for like one hour and then you have to get introduced to mike for like an hour and bill for like an hour and then hear all the facts. and read a whole thing from bev's husband oh from bev's husband's point of view for like an hour and then oh and then anti-semitic stuff about stan and his wife for like an hour and then fat phobic stuff about eddie's wife for like an hour like just or about ben for an or hour. about Ben. Oh my God, Ben. When he's like, when he's like reminiscing and he's talking, and then he was like, "I used to be fat and poor," and I was like, "What is happening? Like, what is going?" Some on? of us still are fat and, and poor, poor ben. ben. Have some. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then the hate crime feels like it lasts for like three years, um, and then you go into which the hate po- crime? The the the. the, the <laughs> 
the gay one hate crime one of (laughs) one of five or whatever um yeah and then you're like in the police investigation about the hate crime you have to read things from the point of view of a cop which i am owed a cab reparations for a cab i think we're all owed reparations for having to read anything from the point of view of a cop yeah all right so bitch what i mean i don't know do you have any any like fun facts about how you came across this that you didn't talk about in the movie episode no not really anything else i just um i feel like it is just like a thing that like you hear about but no one actually like reads anymore um i just wanted to say that the town i made i was living in was the town stephen king grew up in and it's the town that this book was based off of so there's some fun easter eggs not easter eggs but it was like when they like were talking about the town i could definitely like picture the town they were talking about oh dope. and was like oh wow i totally know that's that sexy place that is really cool actually like we actually spent a lot of time at the quarry because we needed to get rocks to help fill our holes like the quarry so the quarry that's fun. the quarry um i guess the other thing that's important to know is that it is Stephen King's 22nd book and the 17th novel written under his own name. He has some other books that he wrote under a different name to see if he they would still get famous. <laughs> did they? Uh, I think they did. Um, and that's all. I mean, it's this, literally the same exact fucking story. So, yep. Amazing. Uh, it's pretty similar except for how the movies did Mike dirty. Yeah. And the turtle. And the, the turtle. turtle. It's time for bitch... How? How does it succeed and fail? So there are, um, for me, three major differences that I felt like made the book better than the movie. And I just want to see what you guys think about them. Okay. I'm curious. Uh, not that I think this is necessarily a good book, but I just think like... better is relative to yeah yeah what exactly know what you're saying yeah so the first one is is like this is kind of like niche but the native american stuff in the movie is a lot more like fetishizing of native americans and in the book that they're actually like it is from like it shows up in like every different culture it's gaelic it's oh yeah it's native american it's got like hungarian origins like it's got a bunch of different origins and i was like oh that's so much less racist somehow so um, much less racist <laughs> like so much it, it's like kind of less racist and that that was interesting to me the second thing that i thought that's so this is kind of like going from the micro to the macro so the second thing i thought the movie really failed at that the book was slightly better at was the book the movie did mike dirty so much yeah the book treats mike like a person he's not homeschooled in the book he goes to school with them. <laughs> yeah. They're friends. <laughs> like, he, his dad is alive and a nice person. Like, notably yeah. what, a nice isn't person. is in the who, movie, like, his parents His are, parents were crackheads were crack who died addicts. in a fire. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then the book, his dad is, like, a nice person who, like, teaches him about racism and tries to make him a better person and, like, cares about him. What the Tea. fuck? Um, and then the third thing, which I think is, like, the reason I think that this book was like uniquely unsuited to adaptation was I think it being nonlinear drove home the themes of childhood trauma following you into adulthood Mm -hmm. a lot better 
than um, the movie, which was totally linear. The two movies, which were totally linear. I think, like, we've been talking a lot about um, memory loss as a, like, way that trauma expresses itself. And when I read the book, I really, like, was thinking about that a lot. I was thinking about, like, parts of my childhood, which is, like, my whole childhood that I don't remember. And, like... And I feel like the discussions of trauma, even though, like, Stephen King is really heavy-handed with the way he uses, uh, especially, like, slurs, <laughs> like, offensive language. Oh, my God. Like, he's he's a very heavy-handed writer. It feels like every passage is, like, kind of punching you in the face with how much of, like, a writer Stephen King is. Literally, um, yeah. That's why this book is so goddamn long. Yeah, but um, I f- it did feel like it had a stronger grasp of what childhood trauma is, how we cope with it, the themes that it wanted to explore, whereas the movie kind of seemed kind of totally devoid of themes. Well, I think by the time you got to It Chapter 2, which is where you're going to explore the effects of childhood trauma, they decided to lean more into a camp sort of place. I don't know if they did that on purpose or if they thought what they were making was really scary and then it just ended up (laughs) feeling super fucking campy. Um, Which is why, like, Adeline and I, like, love it so much because it's just fucking dumb. Mm -hmm. But it then throws away all of the the interesting moments. I, I agree. Like, that was really striking to me is, like, watching them, like, remember things and, like, all of the ways that, like, this is so shitty, but, like, Beverly's trajectory in the books is a lot more fleshed out and like understanding how she got to where she did based off of her childhood is a lot more and I'm not gonna say it was okay to like write all of the abuse um because I did not like reading it but it made more sense and you're like okay I get how this happened versus like in the movies it was like oh Bev Bev just keeps getting herself in these situations Mm. um, because they didn't have the time to explore it because they were already going so far into, like, a not-so-serious place anymore. And also it's very hard in a visual medium, I think, to, like, recreate the magic of the first one and, like, what's scary to adults is not scary to children. So then to scare these, like, grown-ass adults in a movie with, like, stupid little critters, like, that's not gonna work. Like, and I think that Stephen King actually very artfully was able to to carry that trajectory over in this stupid long book. And I, I'm interested because I've never read The Shining, but I know he has a lot of issues with, like, the movie The Shining. He actually, like, fucking hates it. So I'm interested to see what he doesn't like about... I think that one has Indian burial ground more so than this does. And the the other thing on that is I, I wonder if that was just an easy shortcut that the director decided to make because, like, we already have so many horror movies where it's like, oh, it's just, like, an Indian burial ground. Oh, it's just, like, some Native American magic, whatever. Yeah. Um, from, like, Poltergeist all of, all up in the 70s that just kept happening. It's in it's in Pet Cemetery. Like, Stephen King is pretty notorious for doing that, but it is surprising that it wasn't in this one book where they then, like, put it in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it being a Native American thing, like, it's a thing in the book that it's, like, Native Americans, but it's also, like, a thing everywhere. So that was weird. I mean, not to be, like... This is not a valid form of critique, so, like, shout out to me, like, invalidating myself as a critic. But, like, <laughs> if I had been directing this this movie if I had been making two movies based off of this book I actually would have started with the adult 
mm. movie and then made the children's movie um, as a prequel because I think it would have thematically worked a little better. And I think it kind of would have made you feel like the fear of the adults click coming back into this place, not really knowing what's happening, but just knowing how terrified they mm. are, which is like what trauma is. Trauma is like going back to something that you, you, don't, you don't even fully understand why you're afraid of it. You just remember how afraid you are of it. I remember smells. Like I remember yeah. smells and I remember the like aura around my body that I felt, but I don't remember the exact experience the direct-to-tv movie hops back and forth throughout the whole thing so I think it starts with the kids at the very top and then immediately within like 20 minutes you're with the adults and I think that might have been I don't know more more helpful with this adaptation what I'm hearing here is that the movie should have pulled a goldfinch adaptation (laughs) and gone back and forth the the movie not to like talk about the goldfinch in the it episode but the problem that the goldfinch movie had had was the goldfinch is a linear narrative by necessity and the goldfinch movie made it non-linear because they wanted to be quirky yeah Yeah, no i like the the goldfinch like the movie was bad and didn't work Um, yeah but the the it movies and the yeah the book is nonlinear, which is part of the reason it is successful, yeah. or one of the ways in which it is successful. I don't know if I'd call it successful. And the movies are linear because the movie, like you were saying, Nita, it wants to take a lot of shortcuts into making us understand things. And it does that, in, and the way it does that makes it so much less sensitive to any of the issues it's talking about. Like, the way it, it shortcuts Mike's racism, it's his mm-hmm. experience of racism, yeah. is dare I say it, less nuanced than Stephen King's portrayal of Mike's racism. Like, Yeah, low-key. You're kind like, of right. Something that really, really struck me about the book that was not present in the movie was Mike's dad, who really cares about him and really, like, like sends him out on adventures because he wants to, like, encourage Mike to be a creative kid, but also is, like, I'm trying to show you about how racism exists in Derry and how you have to be careful and, like, know that you are, like, a black kid, but you're also, like, a smart kid and a researcher, and I want to, like, encourage those things, yeah. things simultaneously. Like, that's actually, like, a that very nuanced That also reminds me of, like, we were take. talking about portrayals of black manhood and black masculinity, and, like, it's honestly such a fucking disservice that that was something that didn't make the film cut. Too. Be and I I guess the shortcutting of Mike's arc, ugh, like like I don't I don't even know if in the movie they were implying that that was a hate crime, the fire was a hate crime, or if it was, it was his parents like weird negligence because they were crack addicts. I also like when I watched the first first time I was like, were they even crack addicts? And was it like a yeah. like a lie? Like I don't know. But again, the movie didn't give any space or time for that to breathe and like maybe imply that like it was the town that um did that to that family but also again like that's something that like the fucking director and the writer of the movie created and that was not in the book so it makes me wonder why they even made why i think it's just like always inherently like i genuinely did not mean to bring this back to the goldfinch but like now i'm kind of seeing the parallels (laughs) in that like trying to because the goldfinch is a comparable length to the it book the goldfinch is like around 800 pages and the it book is Mm -hmm. like 1100 pages i think yeah um and when you try to adapt a book that's so long and so nuanced and like works because of its nuance into a film that has to be by convention like approximately under three hours 
it's just like never gonna work and like they tried by making it into two books and like that's like it could have never been just one movie sorry i meant movie i said book no, yeah. I almost feel like the the book the movies failed because they had to because it's impossible to like take the nuance and the like experience and the themes of the book and translate it into a medium that's so short. I don't know. I just have a lot of opinions and thoughts about like adaptations in general and I tend to like distrust adaptations. Um, especially adaptations that are either to or from film. Like, I hate movie-to-musical adaptations, and I don't usually enjoy book-to-movie adaptations, although sometimes they're done well. But I just think, like, when the book is so long and, like, thrives off of its nuance, it's, like, very difficult to, like, condense that. Regardless, you're always gonna lose stuff. And, like, to be fair, they could have, like, chosen to lose other non-important stuff and, like, kept the more important stuff, like, with regards to, like, Mike's experience and also others. But I think that it's just kind of, like, inherent in the process of, like, adaptation that, like, you're gonna lose stuff that's important. So, therefore, it's, like, consider, like, do I even need to make this adaptation? Is it worth it to make this adaptation if I'm gonna lose some of the stuff that's most important in the, like, source material? You know? I, I also know. just wonder why it wasn't a, like a long form, like c- limited series. Yeah, this would have been a, a really, very good one. Yeah, that this would have been perfect for like a Stranger Things style adaptation. Not to like, n- maybe this is just a podcast about Finn Wolfhard. No, Stop, <laughs> no, but but I think like um, the the I I don't know if you've ever seen well, and also the fact that like the it the original it was like a direct to TV like limited thing it, i guess was released like a limited series there's only two of them but they're both like two hours long so i think it's around four hours mm-hmm. which is still longer than um than this and i think or maybe the same amount of time my bad but like i think that impulse should have like they should have kept that i think it should have been like one season of tv in the way that like British shows, like they have that like limited series War and Peace, and then there's like Sherlock. Like there, I think there's ways that like no, but like but like yeah. they're like okay, we cut it off at like this yeah. amount of time, and like we plan or like Fleabag, like Fleabag. Phoebe Waller Bridge was like this is two seasons and I'm done because I'm done telling the story. I think people are are already seeing like the ways in which like movie isn't enough to tell the stories that we want to tell, and like the ways in which like a limited series probably would aid the nuance more i do think we spend too much time in the in the second movie like introducing all the characters again and like didn't need it like they're funny for like comedic stuff but they all could have been like shortened by a lot yeah and um and and and, like you see in the book you're like i don't need to spend this much time with bev's abusive husband like (laughs) oh my god the stuff from his point of view from his point of view (laughs) and being like oh i know she likes this oh my it was like exhausting also yeah let's talk about how stephen king desperately wants wants to to abuse women women. like stephen king wants to hit a woman do not idolize stephen king ever stephen king's basis for writing the orgy scene was like this is what i think it feels like to like lose your childhood yeah he was like they have to like transition to adults in order to like get out of the sewer and i'm like make them write taxes (laughs) or just like we don't need this the thing is like you like stunted adolescence slash having to grow up too fast, which are the two opposites of that, like those things. But like the that can be portrayed in a number of ways. Does not need to be portrayed with sex with uh, children among thirteen year olds. Sex, yeah, they're also not thirteen. They're in fifth grade in the book. 
really? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. got out of fifth grade they in the book and not they're babies. So they're, they're like, like, they're kids. like 11. They're like 10 11. and 11. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, so, like, that's kind of a weird messed up thing about it. I also think, like, especially because, like, Steven, bro, like, you have one woman. Yeah. You have one woman. And it's not just, like, an orgy, like, in the traditional sense. It's, like, they're, like, they each have sex with Beth. Yeah. Right. They don't have, so, what? They don't have, like, what? Just, like, group sex. I think that's significant. Because I think if it would, had been, like, all the little boys being, like, oh, penises. And, like, (laughs) like like weird like i don't know like that would have been a level of weird that would have been really weird but i think why is it even weirder yeah. that it's just that each of them has to have sex with bev yeah, yeah and then what specifically that has all has this done, trauma yeah and what that has done to her psyche specifically is very different than what it did to the rest of them but what stephen king said um the grown-ups don't remember their childhood none of us remember what we did as children we think we do but we don't remember it as it actually happened intuitively the losers knew they need to need they needed to be together again the sexual act connected childhood and adulthood it's another version of the glass tunnel that connects the children's library and the adult library times have changed since i wrote that scene and there is now more sensitivity to those issues i am pretty <sighs> sure no one was okay with it when even you when wrote it was it written back then sir when was this book published like the 80s uh, I don't know I why, like, so. male I think authors it was are obsessed with, like, children thinking about sex. Yeah. Like, why is this Especially such, like, a thing? Especially young girls, because, like, it young is... 1986. About sex. Okay, I'm pretty sure in 1986 people weren't sex. like, oh, yeah, it's fine to just write a scene where, like, 11-year-olds all bang. Like, yeah, that's fine. But also, like, this no. book is so long that I wonder if it just got lost in all the rest of the crazy. Oh, probably. With the like, fucking Stephen King just did a lot of and the insulting... and wrote this in, like, a week. Yeah, he, like... Yeah, and yeah, he and, wrote this on like a coke bender, right? I think he wrote probably. Cujo on a coke bender. I don't he know. Wrote if he wrote everything on a coke bender. Probably. Wrote I know that he was like bender. on coke at the time that he wrote this book. No, yeah. like maybe not like a bender, if... but like he was actively engaged. This man. Yeah. This was not written by a sober. No, man, exactly. Is the point? This yeah, book was um, not written by, by a sober. Just man. reading the scene, the scene that opens on Eddie's pill cabinet. Cabinet. It just like feels so. Like okay, this man was on coke. Yeah. Are y'all ready for all my slurs that I found? Yes. Yeah. Tell okay, me about great. the slurs. Okay. Nathan. So here's the. I didn't. I lost track after fifty five. I just could not keep going. Also, no, it's not worth also, it. Also, I was on Audible and I was just listening to slurs at like one point seven five <laughs> speed, and I couldn't do it anymore. Um, commies, Japs, queers, uh, the F word, which I'm not gonna say. Homos, ass bandit. Someone gets some some gay person gets called an ass bandit <laughs> at some point. Love that. Um, also, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this word. I told Cameron and I said, Cameron, have you ever heard this as a slur? But fagola? Oh. <laughs> I think that's just like people just like an, like you know a, how like on the on the f word just a weird spin. And then Cameron said it would be a good drag name. Oh so my I God. guess someone should reclaim it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I also wrote questionable phrases. Um. Also. Also. <laughs> Jo- when Georgie gets fucking murked at the beginning, oh, one God. that broke my heart, it was so hard to like hear it. Yeah. But he gets called boy meat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that. and then the gay the gay person who is murdered by it is 
referenced to as queer meat. Oh, um, that's me. Uh, uh, <laughs> How do you decide what your like predominant like trait is so that like figure out what kind of meat yeah. you are? Oh, I'm definitely dark meat. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stop. Okay, great. I'm uh, sorry. Um, it's richer. <laughs> okay. Also, Georgie references the things he's scared of: mass murderers. Japs, commies, and then a clown. I love that. Like, this child is afraid are... of commies. <laughs> He's afraid of commies. <laughs> Who um, is it? Um, well, it is the fifties. Yeah. And then I said, okay. And then oh, and then so there's a bench that like the gay couple is sitting on at some point, and what's written on the bench is quote kill all queers unquote, Me? and then quote AIDS is from God, you hellbound homos. End quote. Oh. And then they're referenced as coolly logical anti-gay sentiments on the bench. The explanation of the gay bar in the in the It's just book, coincidentally a gay bar. Coincidentally a gay bar. Oh, the police talk about how they hate the gays but don't think that they should get murdered. Oh my god. Fuck y'all, a cab. Not to give Stephen King any rights cuz he does not get rights. No. But I do think like when he's writing these things, he is making fun of the like homophobes. Like, yeah, I no, okay, guess, no, but the yeah. like, I think he's pretty clearly not like I like again. Stephen King hates women. He there's a lot <laughs> of stuff in this book people. that are he hates fat people. There are a lot of there's a lot of stuff in this book that is really homophobic. Like the the scene between Patrick and Henry where they're giving each other hand jobs and uh-huh. and Henry's like I didn't even and know Patrick that tries no, can I talk can I talk about yeah, this scene? Literally, talk Patrick about tries it. to suck Henry's dick and then Henry's like no you can't suck my dick otherwise I'll tell people about all the puppies you've suffocated <gasps> in your refrigerator and also how Patrick suffocated his infant sibling. What? Um, <laughs> Like, Stephen like, King, I the way he that... writes bullies is, like, they're psychopathic children. Anyway. These are, like, 16, 17-year-olds. Like, they just bully people. Like, Stephen King, have you ever been to high school? <laughs> Do you think that this is what, like, the average American bully does? Well, no, that, that's the thing. So, like, first of all, I think he's, like, trying to be, like, they're influenced by it. Like, they're oh, crazy, yeah. crazy. Yeah. But also, like, like that portrayal of, like, queer teenagerhood is really offensive oh, yeah. and harmful and awful. But I think him referring to Derry as being, like, wildly homophobic is not one of the things that is, like, awful about his homophobia. No, yeah. Right. I wrote, I don't know if King did this to invoke the time period. Or if he just wanted an excuse to write slurs. And and yeah. I guess it can be both. I but f- I feel like he just goes so Yeah, hard. I was going to say, I, I feel think, like he I went I think the overboard. answer is both. Like, he, I think, I think the, the, he's the trying to do the former, but it ends up being the latter. You know, because yeah. he's like a white cis straight man in a position of privilege. Like, he's he thinks he's a good person and he's trying to like portray a town that's like quite hateful and that he doesn't agree with but because he's like never actually been marginalized and doesn't understand what's harmful he just like pushes the bounds so much and then like therefore ends up being harmful because he doesn't understand that if like you're not someone like him who's never actually been targeted by any of the slurs he's writing that it's just like oh this is really bad and like I'm showing that this is like a bad thing but like he doesn't understand that when you're someone who's who's been on the receiving end of that kind of hateful speech reading a book where you're just like reading it all the time is harmful and he he just doesn't get that because he's a white man and he's just oblivious 
You know? Right. Yeah. There's like, also a line from Bev's husband's perspective where he says the phrase women want to be brought down that's not fun um and there's also a lot of anti-semitism oh. uh, hold on hold on well yeah keep no, going the anti-semitism is like so with stan and his wife well he refers to them as oily which is oh. not a slur but that is just a gross anti-semitic stereotype thing to yeah say. the k word yeah yeah i was expecting that <laughs> that one also yeah. This is about, this is, this is not anti-Semitic. I've never heard the phrase bull dyke. Oh, oh that just means like a super butch. Like, right. Just a well, butch yeah, so, so that's, that's used. That's just another like yeah. homophobic one. Yeah, um, classic. Yeah, just the descriptions of Stan and his wife <laughs> are really anti-Semitic. Oh, the, the phrase big Junos and big nose yeah. came up at least 10 times that I no. counted. Yeah. So, oh, like, God. there's this weird thing he's trying to do where he's writing Stan's wife as having, like, a lot of internalized anti-Semitism. Yeah. And she's like, I, I don't want to be one of those Jewish girls. And, like, he's trying to write that. But, like, he's not Jewish and it's just really offensive. He's just talking about how ugly Jewish women are. It's different. Like, the show Marvelous Mrs. Maisel deals with that sometimes. But it's okay because everybody on that show is Jewish. Yeah. You know? And, like, mm-hmm. and it's not really even, they're not even anti-Semitic towards each other. But there's, like, the ways in which, like, I don't know, the way Indian people talk about their community within each other. If that was portrayed on a show that was written by Indian people, I'd be like, yeah, that's, like, pretty, that makes sense. Um, but I don't think that, like, Stephen King is in a place to, like, write any of that. Yeah, he's, like, trying to be a savior for all these marginalized groups, but because he's not actually a part of any of them, like, he has no right to be, like, he can't write a character who's in, who has internalized anti-Semitism because he's not Jewish and also hasn't consulted with any Jewish people, and so it's therefore just him saying anti-Semitic things. (laughs) I think this is almost worse because I think in some ways Stephen King does understand the nuance of the issues he's trying to portray, Uh but he's so fucking high on whatever he's on (laughs) that he just cannot do it. Like, he understands that, like, when you are part of a marginalized group, that comes with a certain amount of, like, self-hate because, like, when the world tells you how bad it is to be this thing, you can't help but pick that up Mm -hmm. and, like, internalize that a little bit. But, like, instead of, um, instead of, like, being able to like use that in a way that is that is like nuanced and intelligent he just like says slurs a lot yeah yeah he's like oh gay people hate themselves period and it's like okay yes true but you can't just say that and then move on right because because then like the the like not the average person but the person who's like looking for that is gonna be like oh my god jewish people hate themselves and like gay people hate themselves and women want to be like abused yeah and like without any reasoning or interrogation as to why these specific characters grew up in a way that makes them hate themselves that kind of is never there's no connection ever made between those things and i think that's where that like really fails it's worse i think because i think stephen king's smart enough to actually like if he 
felt like doing a good job of writing these things i think he could but like stephen king famously just churns out book after book after book he's really interested in writing a lot of books and he doesn't really care about writing books with care and this this book feels like a book that was just not written with care It, it was written and it's got some interesting stuff to say and like when it's able to say the interesting stuff it like knows how to say that sometimes but it it's just like it feels like he just like wrote it in one swoop and then yeah. published it immediately. Well, and that's the problem with also like he was at the point had a place where like he could kind of go unchecked, kind of like J.K. Rowling. They actually have mm. a lot in common in in their trajectories. Actually, like Stephen King was a big reason why J.K. Rowling was able to have like such a big platform early on in her career. But like he probably had an editor gave it to them the editor just like did a like look over did their job and then that shit got to just go out and like that's just the way i feel that a lot of like white men and i'm not gonna say that the writing's mediocre because the writing when it's not filled with slurs is really good like there's moments i was struck by like there's this there's this bit about like at the very beginning when Georgie, from his little baby boy perspective, is talking about his older brother Bill and is like, Bill is so good at seeing things and making you see things. And like that, and he just, know, he was like, I know that like, I could tell Bill about the day I'm having, but I'm never going to be able to make him see it. And it was like mm. really lovely. So I think like in terms of care and in, in making us see the the picture and like making us see the book, like I could very easily picture everything in my head but i think in terms of care in terms of what it the implications are and now we're kind of in bitch why but he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't like allow himself to to deal with any of those things of like what does it mean that i've written um an abuse scene from the perspective of the abuser and uh it paints this character who goes through a lot of other uh, misogynistic shit like in this book what does that mean that i've given her that trajectory yeah yeah um yeah yeah i feel like that's kind i mean i feel like we did bitch why also well uh let's do the let's let's bitch a little let's bit and little see if we have time. anything else to say after purging our minds amazing um i'll start the timer oh i can start the timer <gasps> gaia do the timer gaia i know one. i have wi-fi again yes. nobody none of our listeners even knew that i didn't have wi-fi but i didn't <laughs> have wi-fi. wi-fi yay okay three two one can i talk about the scene where ben gets the like thing carved into his stomach <gasps> Because yeah. I listened to that it, on two times speed. It was still over an hour long. Yeah. Oh and God. it was so sad. Ben is just such a sweet kid and everyone's so mean to him. He just wants to read books. He's <laughs> literally such a good He's man. just a baby. Like, I'm they're all, to... And also, they're also, just yeah. babies. No, no, you talk. No, that's it. They're just babies. Yeah, and just like, babies. Ugh. In in the book, does does Bev also or how is the like Ben Bev Bill thing like handled in the book? Because I, I know. know that Bill is Stephen King's insert self insert, <laughs> so I feel like part of the reason why Bev is like Bill, I love you, is just because Stephen King just like wants women to like find him attractive, but they don't because he's ugly and mean, and he hates um, women and he wants to I hit feel one. Like he wants to hit- 
wants to hit a woman so bad. Like, he Stephen does. King, like, wants to feel, like, women's flesh in his knuckles, like, so bad. And I can say that because I'm a woman. He probably would love I to hit like, me if he met I'm, me. I'm, he'd call me, he'd I'm, call me a homophobic slur and then slug me across the face. And that's okay. I can handle it. But I just know that that is true. And that's why I can never meet this man face to face. So um I think Ben's Ben's little crush on Bev was cute. It was I don't so know. cute. I love it. His so little much. poem that he wrote for her, it's in the movie, it's but so like in cute. the book it's explained and it's yeah, cute. It's, um, yeah, it's cute. Speaking of Bill being a self-insert, the like scenes where Bill is in writer's school and he's and he's all like, everyone here wants to talk about politics and write about things that matter, but I just want to write horror stories. Oh my god. Like do that. Shut Be up. subtle. Be a I, little subtle at least. My I god. Like, no, I feel like I feel like white men just love to insert themselves. I mean, my my horror movie that I wrote was really self-inserty, but it went somewhere very different. But also, like, well, men Stephen just Well, King loved- writes self-inserts, but he's not an interesting person, so therefore, there's no reason. <laughs> like, your self-insert movie is interesting because you have, like, interesting and complicated things happening in your life. Stephen oh King God. just writes bland white boys who are like, I love writing and girls won't look at me. And I'm like, shut up. Guy, do you have anything else? I'm like, that's it. Um, I literally just yeah. finished the audiobook an hour ago. Queen. So I- Good for you. <laughs> I just feel like, I just wish that, I don't know. I feel like this book is like a couple drafts from being done, but I feel like it could have been a like good book. Dude. I mean, like it, it almost is a good book. And I'm sad that like Stephen King isn't smart enough to write a book that deals with trauma well. Yeah. Because like, this yeah. is a good idea. So, yeah. It's Pitch Why. Welcome. Here we are. And also, there's a lot of moments that are actually genuinely really terrifying. Like, Stephen King is a master of tension building and, like, writing horrifying things. Like, that's the thing that I think that everyone takes away from his books and what makes, um it stick in their brains is the really horrifying imagery and unfortunately i think then he gets a free pass with all this other stuff is like people are like oh my god but his books are so scary like ah, they really fucked me up when i was little they're so scary and we all just like kind of forgot that he is still just a white dude that writes really like white self-inserty kind of sometimes insensitive shit yeah. Can I say yeah. a hot take? I think Ari Aster is Stephen King, but better. <gasps> Ari Aster is like what Stephen King Wishes could have he been. could have been. Yeah, because like, Ari, Ari Aster... Aster is writing interesting horror movies that deal with trauma in a cool way and are still like the scariest fucking movies you've seen in your life. Well, the thing about Ari Aster and the way I tell everyone this, but I love the way horror and horror has always been this, but I think it's like very explicit and now horror is a little more mainstream. Um in a good way it used to be mainstream with like we love found footage paranormal activity but now it's mainstream and like you can say a lot of really amazing things with horror and people are like leaning into it more and i think the scariest thing about like the ari Aster movies is like the way people treat each other is the scariest thing and not like horrifying imagery but ari Aster is also able to write about specific experiences in his life whether that be like really visceral family trauma or relationship trauma but then distance himself 
from it because obviously these things did not exactly happen to him and we also don't even know who he would be like we don't know who his self-insert in Midsommar or Hereditary is he's able to take himself out of the narrative and write a thing that is still clear and specific and speaks to everybody on this zoom call because we all can pinpoint a specific moment in Hereditary Midsommar and be like oh my god that's my mom or oh my god that's like something like that I get that and like and it's not about him. And I think Ari Aster's really perfected that in a way that I just don't think Stephen King can or will do. No. I think, like, Midsommar, like, like thinking about trauma in it, Midsommar versus in It, like, the book, I don't think the movie even, like, I don't, I will say, like, the book is on another, another level from the movie in that, like, the book does, like, start to, like, deal with its themes, whereas the movie just doesn't have themes. Yeah. It's just dumb. Um, but, like, the, it, the book, and Midsommar, the movie, I feel like are kind of, like, both trying to deal with trauma and kind of trying to deal with specific symptoms of trauma. Like, it is dealing with memory loss, and Midsommar is dealing with, like, the way trauma affects your sense of time Mm -hmm. in a really interesting way. I think those are both, like, techniques that they use, except for Midsommar, like, actually, like, is clear and specific and like edited and like multiple people worked on it clearly and like it it was written by Stephen King in like three weeks without stopping and nobody touched it yeah that's it that's why that's the other thing is like even I know that he's a writer and not a director but like again I think that when you have written the thing and then it's done now it's like, okay, I'm going to bring all these people in to make it better. And that's just like a step that Stephen King notoriously just just skips over because he's allowed to. But like, it's not about you. Like the same thing with being a director is like after a while, it wasn't really about me. And I was just like directing things. And I was like, okay, here, go here, go here. Okay, now everyone else like do their magic. I need to let other people do their magic. You need to let other people like have a say in, in the work you make. Otherwise, it's just going to continue being this like gross self-insert stuff. And, like, how did we come back to collaboration is the only thing that makes art good? Like, how did we, like, really fully full circle back to we here? Liter- I mean, it, that we're just so good at it. Because we're geniuses. We're so good at it, Gaia. We didn't even know we were going to full circle no. back to here. Um, because we're geniuses. I think it's time for the bitch meter. This is where we rank bitch, the thing. Bitch, bitch, um, bitch. Representation. Funny, 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 funny. Great. Gaia, what did we give it for queer? We gave it a zero <laughs> because there are the, the ways Stephen King. Gaia's- I can't believe <laughs> <laughs> The hand job scene with Patrick. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like no. that was still never fully addressed, and I do have questions. <laughs> Why was it in there? <laughs> this is, we haven't done an episode in three weeks, and now we're all losing our minds, and Guy is crying, laughing yeah. about this. Yeah, that's why we gave it a zero. Why does everyone talk about the orgy scene, but no one talks about this handjob scene? Nobody talks about the handjob scene. <laughs> I didn't even no, know that No, nobody that talks about the handjob scene. I don't talk about the orgy scene. But nobody talks about the handjob scene. Okay. Adeline, what did we give it for gender? We gave it a one for gender because uh, Bev, for many of the same reasons uh, as the movie, <laughs> Bev is there, but she's like abused a lot. <laughs> she gets smacked around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh. basically 
like it. What else Nothing. can be said? Um, for race, we gave it a one no. because there is a character of color. But again, um, there's one character. He gets, of color. Racism, he gets racism a lot. A lot. Um, it, it, but it's not as bad it's as not the as bad movie, as the movie, and it's actually way more nuanced and it's a than lot the more movie. Nuanced, but I don't think it's even worth like reading through it for the nuance that you missed in the movie. Like, just use this. This book is a is a doorstop. You don't need. To <laughs> this one black character does not, not a, a good movie. book about oh, race good, make. Yes, exactly. Amazing. Yep. Um, I gave it a negative one for disability because I had to listen. Well, I think Gaia also, we listened to it on audiobook. We both listened to it And the person who does Bill's stutter just really, like, would not (laughs) stop doing the most. And it was so, I just couldn't. And it was, like, definitely, like, not, it was definitely ableist and definitely not okay. And I just don't, I'm just not here for this. So, um, disability, negative one. For body positivity, we gave it a negative one. Because when will Stephen King stop talking about how fat Ben is? Ben, ben is just ben a nice and kid. Eddie's ben and Eddie's wife, wife and Eddie's, Eddie's mom. mom. Just like, like let like, them live. like fat people like being fat is like not a character flaw, Stephen. Like please, like why do people hate fat people so much? Like just like they just be vibing. Like literally, such a goddamn like mess. chill. Imagine being so uncreative that you have to hate people for their physical form. <gasps> It's so embarrassing already to have a physical exactly. form. Exactly. None of us like having a physical form. We don't need to, to focus on it. Um, and then for class, we gave it an NA because I just, we just at this point couldn't, there's not, it's we not. We're exhausted. We're, there's nothing. There's, there's not, not enough, enough to, work to work with, with. there. Um, great. Which leaves us with a drum roll, please. A final score of zero out of ten on the which is three better than, than the, the movie, movie. <laughs> um so that's it but it's still not in the positives it's not i don't think anything numbers. that stephen king writes should ever get above a zero on the bitch yeah meter. in terms of representation yeah. Yeah. yes absolutely yes, not on the bitch meter amazing let's call harris it's time for harris harris hot yes hello hi harris What's your hot take on on the It book? That baby is large. I don't like large things. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. I don't, no, I don't Harris. Know. I, I just know there's like a weird sex scene with all the kids, and that makes me a little Everyone uncomfortable. Everyone talks about the orgy scene, uh, but nobody well, talks about the hand-up scene. A little but I think I think I don't like horror books, to be honest. Oh wow! Um, unless that's actually books. shocking. You should read *Haunting yeah. of Hill House*. I've heard I've heard about *The Lottery*. That's <gasps> the lottery's also yeah. very good. Is Shirley Jackson? Wait, the short, the story, short story, the lottery. Yeah. Jackson. Shirley Jackson wrote the lottery. Really? Yeah, nice. That's a good short that's story. That's cool. That's like it is sexy. I don't know. That's like deeper. I do love throwing no, rocks at the no, homies. Never mind. Fuck it all. I'll read Shirley Jackson. Yay! Um, yeah, y'all, Stan Shirley Jackson, not Stephen King. Um, mostly Stan horror by by women. Yeah, by women. I think yes. is, the, is the move, and that's and Edgar, but that's and because Edgar, 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 but like Edgar was a was a little fruity, also, not so great person. Anyway, was Harris, he a bad person? Fuck. I don't know, Harris. What were you gonna say? Maybe maybe more horror books should be written. While high on cocaine? No. I don't no. actually think that's true. No. <laughs> I don't we, that. all, we all just talked about how that's a bad thing, so maybe no. 
okay, fine. Never mind. Okay, great. I love this is the first hot take we've all just said no to in the middle of you giving it. All right. Harris, I love you. I miss you. Love y'all. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, Harris. What a spicy wow. hot take. All right. What a spicy young Let's man. Just, we're already over time. Uh, what are oh, we boy. working on? I'm still, I'm, I've got meetings about this short film that I'm writing, <gasps> but I also, um, I've been applying to a lot of farms and I'm going to live with some nuns in Indiana. So nuns. I'm, nuns. I, I need know. you to write We're a horror excited. film about nuns that will be better hey, than the nuns. can you produce my bad. horror movie? I will do it. I will do it. I my will, horror I will movie, do it. Because th- there's a horror movie with social commentary. T. Uh, can I direct it? Yeah, you should. Okay, done. Done. Do it. Done. Neither's directing my horror movie 86 Road. Also, which I, I finally I finally got to finish your industry. book of poems. Oh. Because fuck. now I'm because now I'm free. I'm free and have time for things and I Incredible. loved it. So I will talk. We'll talk. Um Let's chat. Let's chat. Um, okay, Adeline, what are you working on? So I'm not really I mean, I'm kind of perpetually working on my um long research paper for the class that oh, Nita and I are dude, in. I haven't even and I've kind of figured out what my argument's gonna be, but kind of not. We're gonna see. I'm still reading more essays and it's annoying because the Greeks have literally billions and billions of different versions of the same story. So like finding one example of the Orpheus myth to hone in on is literally proving impossible. It's so hard. Mm. But um other than that I'm kind of just like working on like little tiny things that are making me feel nice i don't know i mean i've started reading again because for two months when i was living with my two friends i like didn't have time to read but now i finally picked Mm -hmm. back up maurice by em forrester which i'm like three quarters of the way through i'm gonna hopefully finish that soon and then i have a bunch of other books that are like on my list um i'm gonna start bullet journaling again i'm gonna probably do my december spread like today um and i also uh catherine (laughs) gave me a hand-bound book that she made for me uh that has just like blank sheets of pages in it sheets of pages whatever it's like blank pages that i'm gonna like start drawing on because i also want to get back into drawing and painting and i considered the other day i was like maybe i should like do like paintings of all my friends for like christmas gifts but i don't know if i have enough time to do that because i painted catherine a portrait for her birthday and it took me like a month to do so Maybe I'll just do, like, sketches of my friends for Christmas and stuff like that so I can get back into, like, art and stuff. So we'll see. A sketch? Yeah. So that's that's it. fucking cute. Yeah. Gay person. That's that's, that's what's going on. (gasps) You know what the other thing I'm working on? It's I'm making a scrapbook. Oh, that's sexy. That's cursed. Ooh. It's super cursed, but I'm very excited about it. I have a lot of good pictures from the farm of all the various creatures that I worked with and also just like pictures from back when we felt joy still when we lived in New York. Oh, but the that? first two months of this year. Yeah, the first two when months of this year. When we briefly felt joy in 2020. Felt joy. Yeah. Um, and oh. like some good pictures of, of Harris in quarantine. I'm very excited. Oh, I printed I out it. a bunch of photos. I feel like happy. this podcast is my scrapbook of 2020. Tea. Yeah. Nita, what are you working on? My film is in post, so just looking at cuts of my short film, which is very exciting and really scary. Um and working on that cla- like that Greek paper for class. Yep. Um and then uh I'm directing a photo shoot. Um my friend Persephone and my actor <gasps> Kara, who I love her. is also a model. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um she 
both the three of us are gonna do a photo shoot and I'm art directing it so like that's something for Persephone's portfolio it's something for mine um and then for Kiara friend of the pod lovely yes, Kiara, Kiara and Ben Hart they both have ben re- Hart. they both are releasing <laughs> wait y'all so they both are releasing albums oh my goodness. and Oof. I'm directing music videos for both of them that's really sexy. I'm so excited. And I'm so How much excited. longer are you Hart, in New York? If you listen to this podcast, I cried watching Get Along Little Doggy in an airport. I was, yes. Same. Not in an airport, but same. Um, I, uh, I'm i in New York until December 15th-ish. Oh, and then cool. I'm going home for a month. And then I'm, well, I'm getting an apartment. Like, I'm going to do apartment hunting this week and next. And then I'll lock down a place and then come back in the middle of January. And then I'm Oh, here. that's fun. Yes. All right. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nita underscore Thadani, T H A D A N I. And you can follow me on Instagram at Gaia Rose River. And you can follow me on Instagram at Adeline.Rose, A D E L Y N N dot Rose, and on Twitter at Neil X Perry. Um, and also, quick plug, you can follow the Instagram for my short film. Actually, don't remember how it's spelled, it's but the, just Google it. You'll it'll figure it out. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the show <laughs> okay, notes. Cool. It's in the show notes. Amazing. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you can follow Bitch Why Podcast on Bitch why podcast on instagram and twitter and you can email us uh send us a message at b.tchwhy at gmail.com please leave us a review and rate us on itunes all the resources referenced are going to be in the show notes thank you to our editor and co-producer cameron the most important person we know yes and our graphic designer jillian the second most most important person we know amazing good night bitches good night good night